welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast, the most informational and entertaining auto detailing podcast, hosted by Marshall Hill of Total Auto Solutions and DJ Patterson of Eco Green Mobile Detailing. Grab a pint and enjoy. Hi, this is Parker. I want to see you in the community pub on Wednesdays at 7.30 Central. The Zoom ID is 918-800-1188. Again, that's Wednesday at 7.30 Central. The Zoom ID is 918-800-1188. Come on. Tell me you can't just have one. All right, welcome to another Free Thought Friday Thankful this time on a Friday, we've got a special guest, uh, the Radis detailer himself, Mr. Josh Parks. Josh, thank you so much for taking the time to uh, hang out with us on a Friday. Anytime, man. Pleasure. Well, at least once a week, anytime, right? Yeah. That's right. Once a week, anytime on a Free Thought Friday. All right. So what's what's new uh, in Edmond? I know you guys had uh, a bit of a snow uh, ice storm, right? Had a bit of a uh, little scare a couple of weeks ago, right? Yeah, so kind of coming into, you know, for anybody that lives in a climate-changing region, uh, you know, like Oklahoma, the winter's kind of a delicate time, and when it hits early October and you get ice storms, as a detail, you're kind of like, oh, man, what are we in for this year? And it knocked out power. My personal house lost power for 10 days. Shop was good, but yeah, man, it was a little nerve-wracking, a little tense, uh, but everybody's kind of getting through it now, so... I will say there's no place like Oklahoma where everybody just bands together and helps each other. I mean, no power. My my neighbor like threw a, a power cord over our wall. Was like, here, plug in your heater at least or something. I mean, wow, that's super nice. It is, man. Uh, I don't know that. So I lost. We've lost it one time. Um, but we didn't. Nobody threw over cords for me, man. That's good for you. Yeah, we we got our own generator, but I did the typical. I don't run generators out of our vans anymore more um so i had one sit in my garage and didn't check it and then the day i needed it it didn't work all right well glad to glad to hear you're alive let's get into some free thoughts man because uh interesting the other night on our uh well it was election night or what we thought was going to be election night we we didn't know it was going to be election night for three or four more nights eventually maybe uh maybe there'll be a closure but uh what we thought was going to be election night we did a uh a uh, hot button topic and one of the hot button topics that uh it's just generally you got to start asking i think now because many people don't don't mm, I, i don't know that there's an answer and I think that's maybe what I want to figure out is, is who can give an answer. Uh, so what's your answer, Josh? What, how do you define detailing? It's, it's loaded, man. Um, I think there's a lot of, especially nowadays with social media, it gets pretty misconstrued on what detailing is. You know, it's anything from washing cars to wheels off paint corrections and paint protection film. You know, you see detailers that do everything under the sun. And for me, um, detailing is taking a car from from one condition and bring it back to a like new condition and so that includes anything from you know like our full details in a complete interior cleaning a complete exterior cleaning clay bar polish and then some kind of topper protectant coating sealant wax something like that um but it's got to be about the details man it's swabbing vents it's you know it's 
getting in the in the lug nut holes. It's really tearing that car into pieces and cleaning every aspect of it. So, so it's interesting. I mean, it, it will be interesting as we continue to ask that question because you know I think depending on where somebody gets into the industry, right? That was sort of yep. the point the other night. Um, yep. John Carlos, a really great detailer, is running a good business. Uh, good guy, love to have beers with him. Super positive dude. Like really like the dude. And I meant no harm by my my point. It was more of just, and I hope he didn't take it that way. It was like, hey, you, you've only you you came in when we said it was the best time ever to be a detailer, right? I mean, the past five years have been unbelievable. Yep. Uh, so it was it was interesting to hear from his perspective what is detailing, and his de his yeah. view of detailing was different than your view. And so I imagine somebody that's been in it, you know. 10 years might have a different view too. Somebody that's been in it 20 years might have a different view. Somebody that's from one city to the next, one customer base to the next might have a different view. Uh, and I think that's what will be interesting as we continue to find, uh, to seek the answer. Is there an answer to purely give a definition of detailing? So thanks for, uh, thanks for stepping up to, to that question. Uh, I want to do Free Thought Friday today to kind of bounce around, but also hone in on, on an idea of, well, where, where do we go as detailers? Where, you know, given, given the situation of what we're at, now that can be defined in a thousand different ways, and I don't want to go there. That's not the point of this. It's just where we're at in November of 2020 and moving into 2021, you know, where's opportunities? Where are places to, to go figure out new growth where's uh where's ways to bring in team members and have something else going on so that the business can continue to thrive uh you seem to have landed uh at least over the last couple months right uh, into some yeah. some new some new journey for you right so uh you know where have you seen this opportunity and talk to us about it uh, so i think it all kind of goes back to um having an open mind to change and change and in climate as far as, you know, economics are concerned and stuff like that. And just being open to new work that would come my way. And so um, traditionally, you know, independent detailers, when you get to a certain level, you don't really want to do dealership work. It's almost like frowned upon, like, man, I don't want to do dealership work. I want to stay in retail. It pays better. Um, but for a shop of my size, having at least one or two dealerships keeps us afloat during the winter or the bad times. We've always got filler work we can do. And so, so, as so why start, do you think people haven't wanted to work with dealerships? You say that, I mean, it's, it's not as, and, and, and I'm, I'm not, you know, yeah. it, we, we have found it to be quite yep. interesting, haven't we? So why, why do you think that uh, people don't? So pre COVID, my answer would be um, that dealerships had hired in labor um, and they were trying to get rid of details for way less than what you go do a retail detail for. So a lot of dealerships would want you to do, hey, you know, were you doing a detail inside and out? It just didn't financially make sense for us to do unless you do a massive amount of volume with them. You can't go to the dealership and do, you know, they're not going to pay a $300 paint correction. And so they also don't want the same thing that a detailer wants. So a dealership wants a car to look good and be on the front lot. A detailer wants a car to be defect free on the front lot. And those two don't always align because the dealership wants to stay at Hey, I want my recon to be about $150. The detailer's looking at it like, man, it's a $300 paint correction only all day. And so a lot of guys, I think pride gets in the way or ego of, I don't want my name on that. So I'm not going to do it. And I know we've talked about that before, but transitioning from COVID when we had a loss in employment, loss in sales in the dealerships, and they started letting people go and they're having to pay 
people to be off work, that's where we kind of recognize an opportunity to say, okay, we can come in as a contractor and offer you these services and you don't have to worry about hiring people back. You don't have to worry about uh, paying unemployment if something happens. You don't have to worry about paying benefits or keeping supplies on hand or inventory or anything. We can come in and do it all. And if sales slump enough for you, it makes sense for the dealership. They don't have to pay us anything. We can just walk and we can keep going, keep going with our retail work. So it was a win-win in my eyes. Oh, I mean, just to have work, that's a win. To have work it, is, is definitely but it's a win not, to start. It's not, like, it's not like correction stuff and it's not like cool photos. I mean. Yeah, I mean, that's all how you take the photos, man. Oh, it's how you, so it could be about that too. Is that what you're yeah. saying? So you could yeah. actually go to dealerships and find some badass car. I mean, that looks like a really badass car back there. It's a $102,000 SUV. <clears throat> I mean, that's, Interesting, that's as bad though, right? as it gets. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm definitely So, so did there. the stereotype come from which side, the people that do the work or the people that didn't do the work? And they're the ones that judged the, the, those that do dealer work as being inferior. Yeah. So I, I've always worked with exotic motorsports almost since I opened my doors, which is a small dealership here in Edmond. And I've caught a lot of flack from people around, you know, around this area of like, man, I wouldn't do that. It doesn't pay well. Well, that's turned into just a gamut of, of referrals for coatings. Uh, lots of people know our name because of that. And we piggybacked off their success. And while it didn't make a ton of money in the beginning, now that dealership has grown astronomically. We're getting a lot more work the owners, you know, like working with us, they refer all their friends and family here to get their cars coated. When they sell a car, they're like, Hey man, you can go get this coated right over here at this place. And so I think there's a, there's a phrase about being, uh, God, I can't remember it right this second, man, but it's, it's, you know, you got to be there when the amounts are small to get the big stuff. You can't just walk into a dealership and expect them to give you all their money. You gotta, you gotta earn some trust and do some stuff that not everybody wants to do. And eventually it builds you the right relationships and then you can show success through those relationships. It'll get you the stuff you want down the road. But patience is lacking these days. Did um did you have to kind of uh how do I say this? Change your philosophy as a retail detailer, uh, and then going into talk to a dealership, not necessarily just the one you mentioned, others that you've probably made calls on, you know, even people you didn't land. Did, did you find that it was the exact same or did you find that it was wildly different? It's still selling, but it's definitely different than selling to a retail customer. Um, and, and the reason I feel it's different is because well, the customer, you're educating them more on a product like, hey, here's why we don't want to wax. We want a coat instead of wax. The dealerships have always felt like I've got this product like Resist All or, uh, you know, just the different coatings. They felt like, hey, I've got this and I sell this and it's okay. But what we've tried to convert them to seeing is the missed opportunity. If they're only closing 10% of those on their inventory, I'm trying to help that detailer or that dealership see, hey, man, your customers are leaving your place and coming right to mine. All right, so so you're not going in and talking necessarily cleaning up the cars in the back. What, nope. what, what are you mostly pushing uh, at dealerships then? So all we push the dealerships, um, we'll detail them if they need to, because that just kind of comes with the territory, you know, the good with the bad. We're strictly just pushing 
coatings and paint corrections because that's where we make our most money. And we're pushing coatings on new inventory the most. We give them the highest percentage of profit in those versus used inventory because we just want to work with new inventory, get things in and out, a nice coat of CC105. We can put the transparent warranty on there as well. So we can offer our own third-party warranty. We can offer our own coating, our own labor. We do it at our own facility. So the dealership has no obligation to this except to ask the customer and sell it. And they get to make money on it. So is that something that you would recommend detailers do or should they just stay in their lane with, you know, retail travel? I think with the uncertainty we've seen this year, diversifying is going to be the name of the game. Um, I think having all your eggs in one basket to say, I just do dealership work. I just do retail work. I just do PPF. I just do coatings is a quick way to lose. Um, you know, I think that if there's anything I've learned is that nothing's stable right now. Um, you know, and there's not any guarantee that this is going to be how it's going to be, you know? Um, so I think, I think going after what's going to make your business successful instead of what you want or what looks good on Instagram and Facebook is kind of where people need to be looking towards. And so, right. I mean, that's an easy joke to make. And I kind of made that a second ago, but then I flipped it. You actually could still make those badass photos, right? Yeah. You still take some really great photos with some cool cars. So yep. you, you literally could still do all the stuff that you want to do to glamorize, which, and we should, right. It's part of our branding It's part of how we market. Right. I mean, we should take some really cool photos. It's just the opportunity is to get more vehicles in that yep. are, that are those type of cars, but, but is detailing different. Right. I mean, so how is detailing for you different on a retail than going to the dealership? I mean, you, you definitely are going to take a little bit of, I think you said, since you're doing volume, you're going to, you're going to, you know, I'm guessing work on a, a good, a good number, but then yep. is it also different on, you know, what you're going to do? Yeah. So in my, so for my retail customers, I'm trying to pack my packages full of value, right? I add in the faces of the wheels and the windshield at no additional cost. We're vacuuming out the driver's side, you know, doing all this stuff. This car behind us, we're going to go for the dealership tomorrow, and it only has 11 miles on it. So a lot of that stuff doesn't need to be done. It doesn't, we don't have to deep clean the wheels, you know, basically a wash, clay, iron and fall remover gets this car prepped. So while I'm still doing the basic essential work to get this ready for a coating, the level of detail is different. Therefore, I can save more money in, you know, in product and, and labor. So I can offer them a better price without actually losing money. And then for them, they want all the add-ons and the upsells. So we put wheels separate for dealerships, glasses separate for dealerships. But with my retail, I want to I want to pack that value, you know, that package full of value. I want that customer to come here for like, man, I got an exceptional deal. You know, they will, I want them to feel that way. But with the with the dealership, I just want to coat exactly what they want. So we're just doing the paint, light one step polish, and we're ready to roll. And um, and have you found that to be a good uh, a good avenue for you? Yes, it is very lucrative. Um, it keeps you know I can do at least a car a day uh, with the current team I have. If the cars are right, like this this is a pretty big vehicle. It's an it's a Cadillac Escalade. Um, but you know if we're doing sedans, I can get two sedans out in a day and make twelve hundred dollars in a day, just doing two brand new cars. We don't have to touch the interiors. We don't have to do anything. We just do the glass on the inside. So Josh, I, I got a, 
I got to ask you a pretty serious question, man. And I, I just, yeah. I, I want to do it after, you know, everything over the past years at 1200 bucks, man, that for two cars, there's, there's a lot of people that say that's just not enough money. There's, there's a lot of companies that teach that you have to get a minimum of a thousand a car. You want to be at 2,500 a car. I mean, how do you know you're worth it at that point of being so much less? Cause I'm happy. I mean, that's, that's the short answer, man. I like, I don't want to be crappy, but like it, it really, it works for my business and it makes me happy. And I can tell you that I don't have, I love, I love customers, but this is a dealership comes and drops us off my door. They walk away. I put my headphones in, I get to work. I call them and say it's done or I go drop it off. But if it's convenient for me, I don't have somebody coming out here nitpicking it. It's a clean car. It's easy work for me. I'm not that bougie to need you know, like trap music playing in the back. Well, I got a videographer following me around and I'm spraying the foam up the tailpipe and all kinds of crazy stuff, you know, and cycling the paint. Like I'm here to make money, man. I'm a businessman. And and this makes the most financial sense. I can keep my shop going at 275 an hour. Like. At, 275 you know, an hour. Yeah. I guess, you know, you're yeah. worth pretty decent, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I could care less what anybody thinks about it, man. It's, and it's, it's one of those things I, for a long time I did, um, you know, I put a value on like the voices outside of my business and I'd be like, man, why am I doing this job for this little, but all the decisions I've made to like, you know, eat the shit to get to where I'm at now and put in the time and put in the effort and build those relationships within the detail, like the dealership network are now paying off because you may do a $2,500 coding, but how many are you doing a week? Are you doing two a week and you're making 5,000 a week? And that's great. That's good money. Like 5,000 a week's awesome but we're doing 1200 a day, six days a week, just in dealership work. And then I still have retail business that's going out. So we're, we're touching almost 2000 a day, if not more consistently. Yeah. It, it makes so, sense. Right. Yeah. And that's so going through the winter, there. right? I mean, so summertime it's, yeah. <laughs> you, you multiply that three to four times, right? It's, uh, yeah. it's always oh, yeah. interesting. And it, this is allowed, this new account has allowed me to turn on two new positions today. So we just were now we're actively seeking two more employees to add to it. So when you talk about growth, this is the kind of cash flow that allows us to do that. And you know, the part that is going to be hard for newer detailers that you have to overlook is you have to have enough capital to float through an entire month of payroll, an entire month of product, entire month of utilities and rent and all that to be able to handle an account like this. Because for a while I couldn't, I couldn't wait 30 days to get paid on, you know, so explain what you mean. Four to jobs. So this account uh, that I, did, I just picked up, all of our dealerships account pay out monthly. So for 30 days, I do all this work and I don't get paid. And at the end of the 30 days, I get a check. And that's not always doable for everybody. Um, and, and it's I, not I, always I, at 30 days either. You submit, yeah. <laughs> you submit your statement at 30 days and then they cut a check. And normally it's more like 40 to 45 days uh, yeah. if, if you're lucky. So that, I'm really glad you mentioned that, Josh, because there's not yep. a lot of people that would understand that. And then we go to try and collect money. But, but let me there, there are some dealerships, though. There are some that will work with you. There are some. Yep. So we don't want to blanket statement that. But there are some that that will work uh, with you. You I mean, you you can try and get a controller to cut your checks. You, if you run it through the service department, there are there are people that will you know get some stuff you know cut for you. Uh, maybe, you know, I mean, so it just depends. So yep. it, it, not everybody's the same, but you could, 
you could be stretched out or you could you could collect uh, a weekly if you, if you really hustled but you, but you're right i'm i'm glad you mentioned that when, yeah my when, my, oh, go ahead. So my smaller my smaller accounts just so i'm clear my smaller accounts like exotic they'll pay on the first and the 15th or if i bring them a statement they'll pay they'll cut me a check right then so it's important to know what size you know account you're working with but if somebody's going to be writing me you know a sixty thousand dollar check every month i'm not going to be super pushy i'm going to get my money when i get my money and i'm going to make sure that they're happy and we're all good on that front um you know but my my smaller accounts like when it's time to cash out and it's the first and the 15th, you know, we'll be there to collect our checks and it's never an issue. And I've never had an issue with big dealerships either. You just have to be prepared to be a little more patient sometimes. How do we, I mean, how do we keep an open mind as detailers to, to technically this would be in a sense outside of the box, right? I mean, every, every time you go to an expo or, you know, soon we'll be at mobile tech expo, I really wonder if you'll hear other than the total auto solutions uh, side, I wonder how much the industry talks about uh, doing that style of, of business. I don't it, think very many because it's not as flashy. Yeah. But, but you know, but the again, amount we, of volume, the amount of work that you could produce for your, yeah. you know, your shop. The stability. How, how, I mean, how, how do you weigh that? back and forth i know you said you know you used to think about it a lot more but i mean you know now how do you how do you feel uh, uh, i mean the answer is man i feel better decisions based on my finances and based on my image now um i care more about what does my book look like at the end of the month and what's coming in and how am i supporting the growth of my business and what's my long-term plan and this fits more my long-term plan um you know again i did struggle with that for a long time and i want to do the flashy cars and all that and then as you do more of them and i think a lot of detailers will agree the more expensive the car a lot of times you get more particular customers um you know some people get a little less you know a little more frugal uh rich people stay rich by not spending their money so they're not coming in just willy nilly blowing their money like some some other customers do. Um, but man, I, I've come to terms with it. When I collected my first dealership check uh, back when we started with David Stanley, I knew that that's what I was going to go for. Like I put it on my five year goal, like we're in close five dealership accounts. Uh, it's going to happen. Oh, yeah, brother. It's good. Uh, it is good. What? What do you think? Was there a, a moment where you tossed it back and forth? Was there, uh, was it just a, oh, I'm just going to go do it? How long did it take you to process uh, going through the, the plan as a business to begin that marketing strategy out to the dealerships? Um, so this one just happened to fall into our lap. Um, so we didn't actually target this dealership or market to it. Um, but I've you know, anytime I get a chance to go to a dealership, I try and sit down with a service manager or, you know, the highest decision maker I can get to and just give them information. I don't push it. And I don't try and close the sale. I'm just trying to get the information out there because, you know, a lot of these, like what I heard a lot of the time before this COVID stuff was, we already have that, you know, and they're like, yeah, we, we sell warranty packs. It's not a big deal. We have that. It's the same thing. And it's not at the end of the day, because a lot of times what they're selling is just a warranty you know, with resist all resist all is not a ceramic coating. Um, I think there's like Zurich code or something like that. You know, they're not all coating. Some are, some aren't, um, you know, but just understanding that I just had to be more patient when I was making that, 
when I, when I came to terms with needing to be patient with the dealership side was when I kind of determined that that's the way I wanted my business to go. Because typically, you know, like the old me, I'd say like, okay, well, let me ask. And I didn't get the sale and then I wouldn't want to do it. But then when I started seeing how much money could be there, that's when I really said, okay, I got to buckle down. I just got to have the, you know, the capacity to get five or six no's. And then we got a yes at David Stanley. And then that really started fueling the fire. And then I, like I said, I got that first check and I was like, okay, this is it. Like there is a, there's a massive potential here where I can make some good money and do it on really clean cars. Everything's it, it, it helps doing stuff miles. on clean cars, doesn't it? Yeah, it's, it's, listen, I don't want to say I'm taking the easy way out, but I'm going to take the easy way out. If it pays well, if I can do a $600 car and it takes me, you know, two hours, three hours to do, I'm in. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I don't, I don't blame you. If, if I'm going to have a free thought about that, I'm, I'm going to dive right in and go, yes, yes, sir. Uh, I'll take one and another. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, listen, some people even say that two or three hours to code a car, you know, three hours, four hours is too, is too quick. But, you know, when you're real clear with the customer, what you're doing and you, Hey, we're just coding, we're just one step polishing and coating the paint, you know, that's what the customer wants and that's what they're going to get, you know, and then they can always add on more stuff that they want per the sale. Um, but it's a quick in and out service for us. Customer gets great value. And like I said, we can back it with our own third party warranty. It's a win all the way around. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I like, I like what you did there. So, all right, let's, uh, let's close it down on free thought Friday and, and give, give sort of just some closing remarks on, um, if you're going to encourage other detailers around, that's whether or not you got a shop or maybe it's, it's a young guy that's, you know, hopping in either way. I mean, there's, there's such a, a wide selection from, you know, literally just started last week to, you know, been doing it two years, been doing it five years, been doing it 10 years. There's, there's a large wide variety <clears throat> of detailers out there, but few that are open to the idea of expanding their view on detailing to mean customer centric. And there's a massive customer base through dealerships. How, how, you know, overall theory on it overall uh you know what how you feel you're doing where you want to go with it i know you said five-year plan but just you know closing thoughts and overall idea of why somebody should do it too yeah so i i think um so i've gotten big into life planning trying to figure out where i'm going i think the first thing is you got to look at what you want to do with your business and wh what direction you want to go if you want to chase retail work that is it's lucrative as well um, you know, each, each way has its own benefits, but I think ultimately you need to decide what's best for you, what fits your plan. If you have one, if you don't, you need to get a plan. Um, and I think if you're wanting to, to, you know, diversify and get into the dealership world, um, you have to understand that it's, it's a lot different than retail customers. It's very fast paced. It's very cutthroat. Um, GMs can turn over and they can cut you loose at any minute. Um, and that's just a reality of it. So, Ultimately, I'd say that this game is for anybody who wants to diversify, because if the retail market craps out, takes a dump, you get a slump in retail sales, people aren't making money. Having a dealership account allows you to have more avenues to make money where you're not so dependent on retail. But the other part of it is like we're trying to figure out now is now we've got so much dealership work. How do we keep our retail work? where we don't get into just dealerships, shoot ourselves in the foot, lose some accounts. And then we go back and go, Oh crap, we don't have any customers to maintain those relationships. So you just got to know you're in for a balancing act and it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, you got to hit the pavement. You got to ask a lot of people. We hit six dealerships and only got one to say yes. 
All right, one one more question. Sorry, I couldn't resist. <clears throat> do you think, uh, as a business owner, do you think it would be easier as you bring in team members to train them on uh, on on packages designed for a retail customer, or do you think it'd be uh, a lot easier as a business owner to to train somebody on packages for a dealership? Packages for a dealership. Um, I think if you started somebody on a job where you've got a lot more flexibility and it's a little bit cleaner. And it's more, or let's go through the most and let's understand how you scrub the tires, how you would clean the wheel wells, how you would polish the paint versus, you know, there's a lot more consistency in dealer work than there is in retail work. You know, every, every retail car is going to be vastly different. One's got pet hair, one doesn't, one's got swirls, one's got door dings and scratches and tree limbs. So with the, with training somebody, at least on a, on a new car like this, I know I've got a pretty consistent product that I can show them where I'm not like, okay, well, we were going to polish this, but now we need to wet sand it. And you're not learning wet sand now. So let me wet sand it. And then I'll come back and then I'll show you how to polish. So just go do something else for the next 20, 30 minutes. Um, I'd much rather, and that's why we opened up those two job applications. Cause I want to start training people now and I want them washing clean cars first. Once they can do that, once they can wash the clean cars, then we start building in other parts of the process. Hey, here's how you detail the engine bay. Here's how you use, you know, a fallout remover, uh, brake dust remover, you know, all that. Yeah. Interesting. I think it leads how, a better foundation. Interesting how there could be a way of uh, stopping the bullshit complaint and excuse that you just can't find good people. Yep. Would be an interesting model to continue to watch and see if that's a great way of, as a business owner, stepping up and, and not saying you can't, but finding ways that you can. Yeah, so, I, 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 I like it, Josh, I man. I like it a lot. I don't believe in being a victim, man. We're going to figure it out one way or the other. Yep. Totally agree. All right. Uh, where do people find you on social? So on Instagram, rad underscore detailing underscore Edmund, and then Facebook, TikTok, LinkedIn, rad detailing Edmund. Awesome. Thanks, man. I appreciate the time. Tell, uh, tell the family. Hello. I hope you guys have, uh, and enjoy a, a really great weekend. And, oh, we uh, will. Yeah. Keep it rocking, we'll man. Keep climbing. All right, bro. That's right, have man. Night. We'll see you. Bye. Hey detailers. This is Parker. MTU Orlando is happening. You can pre-register now on mobiletechexpo.com. Use code PINTS for 15% off. And Sheldon said, use hashtag MTE is happening when on social media. Go to mobiletechexpo.com and use code PINTS to save 15%. Enjoy the episode. Ooh.